Spelling up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar, my name is Craig Tott, your host of Minor League News and Brews, talking about everything around the Pirates minor league system and giving you some beer reviews at the end of the show. Earlier this week, the winter meetings took place down in Nashville, Tennessee. There were rumors of meetings, rumors of signings, rumors of possible trades that could happen. Obviously, some stuff did happen, including the Pirates acquiring a left-handed starter from the Atlanta Braves, even though he wasn't in Atlanta very long, had just been acquired from the Seattle Mariners. However, I'm going to save that reaction for when I record the Bucks in the Basement podcast with my good friend Chris Lanuti. For today, we are going to be talking about the Rule 5 draft, something that always takes place at the winter meetings, even if it is just in the minor league form as we've seen uh, within the past couple of years. This time, there was a major league portion and a minor league portion. Looking back to the, I guess would be the preview show that I did for the Rule 5 draft, I listed out five potential targets that the Pirates could potentially select if they decided to select anybody, which is something that I also said I'm not sure if they were going to do. Of those five targets, and to just kind of refresh everybody's you know, memories here, I had listed Troy Johnston, first baseman in the Miami Marlins system, did that one mostly because I felt like a lot of Pirates fans because of the black hole that has existed over at first base for pretty much a, a very long period of time. Just kind of wanted to give uh, Pirates fans a little bit of information on him. Uh, the other one I listed, Cole Wilcox, right-handed pitcher in the Rays system. Matt Thompson, right-handed pitcher in the White Sox system. Taylor Dollard, right-handed pitcher in the Seattle Mariners organization, and Shane Drohan, a left-handed pitcher with the Boston Red Sox. Only one of those was selected. Shane Drohan was taken by the Chicago White Sox with the fourth pick in the Major League portion of the Rule 5 draft, and Drohan wasn't somebody that I saw as a a really sexy pick, but I did like the left-handedness. I did like him being in AAA, was the 19th ranked prospect on MLB Pipeline with the Red Sox, slots into the same position with the White Sox. Uh, He was drafted in 2020 in the fifth round in that shortened draft out of Florida State University. Uh, Pitched 34 innings in double A this year, a 128 ERA, a 0.824 whip. Struggled when he got to triple A. Pitched there for 89 innings, a 647 ERA, a 1.8. 
8.65, not a great whip there whatsoever uh, in AAA, but he was somebody that I saw that would probably get selected or had a chance to be selected, and as you can see, he, he was. When the Pirates came up with the ninth pick, they made no selection, which, like I said, I really didn't know if they were going to, and I'm trying to figure out and wonder if this is a step in the right direction for the Pirates, if there just wasn't anybody that really caught their eye that was left over with that ninth pick. Even with the ninth pick, they could have traded with somebody above them to try to acquire somebody. But as everybody knows, with the major league portion of the Rule 5 draft, you do have to keep that player on your 26-man roster for the entire season. And it's not something that every player selected in the Rule 5 draft, it's not something that will happen to each of them. So I don't know if it's, you know, the state of the Pirates system, the state of the team, or if it just wasn't anybody there that, that really caught their eye. I'm hoping this is moving in the right direction because you don't see every team select somebody in the major league portion of the Rule 5 draft, and they would hopefully be looking for an upgrade at one of those positions. Not that you know the Pirates actually had some pretty good luck or pretty good scouting with their most recent pickup. Jose Hernandez, left-handed pitcher in the bullpen, performed you know fairly well this year. But, I mean, I don't know who you're really you know, going to find to be able to get somebody that can contribute on your Major League roster from the Rule 5 draft is, is a pretty big rarity. That's why there's you know, such a small list uh, of people who actually stick in the majors for years, uh, perform well at a high level. It's a, it's a very short list. So I don't know exactly what you know, that tells us about the Pirates. But, I mean, I can't see it really as a negative whatsoever. Uh, one thing that was mentioned uh, during this is when the Pirates didn't make the selection, you know, some people had jumped to the conclusion that maybe the Braves player to be named later uh, in the trade uh, with Marco for Marco Gonzalez, the Pirates are giving back either cash consideration or a player to be named later. And they were saying that since the Pirates didn't select anybody, that there would more than likely be go cash going back to the Braves because you know the Braves, w the player that they maybe wanted wasn't there, which didn't make a a ton of sense to me because. Uh, number one, I mean, the Braves kind of are at a point where would they really want to, number one, select anybody in the Rule 5 draft, and, and number two, trade for someone who they would have to keep on their roster or give back. To me, I saw it more as it that, you know, they usually say that leading up to the Rule 5 draft and different portions, if there are trades uh, that do occur, a lot of times they are for a player to be named later because uh, that player 
may be on their reserve list and could be selected in the Rule 5 draft. But a lot of times when those trades happen, this is this is the way it goes down, is they're like, okay, we'll, we'll do a player to be named later. They can't come to an agreement on who that exact player might be. Uh, the team, in this case being the Pirates, would give the Atlanta Braves a, a list of players to choose from. And then they would make that selection. They do have to make that selection uh, within six months, or it does, you know, kind of turn into those cash considerations. But I saw that as well. I saw maybe that they would have wanted a a Jace Bowen, they a Matt Gorski, a Malcolm Nunez. Once again, I, I really don't see that either. Um, with the Braves, they're pretty much, I mean, then you would have to make a decision on that guy for the following year. It would be just providing depth. For me, I'm thinking that, you know, the Braves have a list of players. I'm not saying that those guys wouldn't be in those lists. I'm thinking it may be, you know, some more of a, a lower level prospect. Uh, maybe somebody in, you know, the DSL, somebody in the FCL, uh, and of that caliber of prospect. But I, I really didn't get the reasoning why it's okay. Well, they didn't select anybody, so it's cash going back because the Braves would have wanted them to select somebody or that it was somebody that was on the reserve list that was you know eligible for the Rule 5 draft. I think a lot of that, in my estimation, came from being stuck inside that dome down in in Nashville and that you kind of get I wouldn't say like a one track mind, but you kind of get focused on, you know, what's going on there. And it's thinking, okay, well, the rule five draft, we have to prepare for that. So we're thinking, you know, that if a player to be named later, it's somebody from the rule five draft. I, I, it was confusing thinking to me. I still think it's, it's a list of players. And, and if somebody doesn't get selected, I mean, I guess you could go with the fact that, you know, yeah, it was a player that, you know, the Braves wanted or, you know, they maybe they decided to not take one of those guys. But I mean, in the end, I, it's not going to be, I don't think, a, a prospect of it's not going to be Shane Baz. It's not going to be Shane Baz like in the Chris Archer trade player to be named later. Wrapping up what actually did take place in the Rule 5 draft, the Pirates did not lose a player in the Major League portion. I know that's something that a lot of Pirates fans feared to a degree in possibly losing, you know, a Jace Bow and a Matt Gorski, a Malcolm Nunez. Uh, Jace was one of the, you know, more popular names as a somebody that who could have potentially been selected, but the Pirates made it through a very uneventful major league portion, didn't select anybody, didn't lose anybody, but in the minor league portion, where you pretty much do actually lose that player for good um, unless somehow that they would appear uh, back in that, you know, <laughs> that level 
of selection next year where they would be available in the minor league portion uh, again where they wouldn't be on a team's triple a reserve list uh, that's showing that maybe they didn't have a very good season uh, i guess you could get them back but this is one where there's not really that return fact there there is with the the major league portion where they can be returned to their original team no you select these guys they're in your system you can put them anywhere in your system that you want to uh, the players that the pirates lost uh, first of all in the second round to the twins rafael escalante a 22-year-old catcher, originally uh, selected slash drafted in the international draft period, uh, signing period. Uh, he was drafted as, I believe, a middle infielder uh, this past year in the Florida Complex League, slash 256, 409, 367, two home runs, uh, 15 strikeouts, 23 walks, but, you know, was of an advanced age for that level. Uh, so he goes to the Twins in the second round. Also, going to the Rays, Romy Garcia, a right-handed pitcher, 20 years old, also in the FCL this past year, pitched 19 and two-thirds innings, a 5.03 ERA, and a 1.98 whip. Those are ones that kind of go pretty much unnoticed and unfazed uh, by you know the majority of even you know pirates prospect type people like myself. I uh, not that you know I have anything against these two players, but two players from the FCL. One of them, you know, 22 years old, a pretty pretty old for that level. Not something that you really kind of bat an eye at. Um, the next two guys uh, that were lost, uh, one was lost to the Padres uh, in Omar Cruz, left-handed pitcher. Uh, everybody will remember that he is one of the players that came back to the Pirates uh, in the Joe Musgrove trade uh, in his first year in the minor leagues with the Pirates, uh, performed fairly well, uh, did show um, some promise, especially with his off-speed pitches. Uh, this past season in Altoona, uh, 48 innings pitched. A pretty good ERA in 3.94, but the whip sitting around 1.44. So Omar Cruz, I kind of one of those pitchers that you were kind of wondering if he would be on that triple A reserve list, if he would have continued the success that he experienced early on after uh, joining the Pirates organization. It's possible, but ends up going to the Padres and then I felt like to a degree Twitter was going to maybe uh, or I should say X was going to to burn to the ground for Pirates prospect fans when Dariel Lopez uh, 14th ranked prospect for the Pirates from MLB Pipeline uh, was selected by the San Francisco Giants 
I also selected by the San Francisco Giants, uh, kind of as an aside, is Nick Garcia from the Colorado Rockies, who the Colorado Rockies had received from the Pirates for Connor Joe. So two uh, Pirates prospects, and at least you know former Pirates prospects, uh, going to the Giants. The one thing that I automatically thought of was the 2023 season that Dario Lopez, who had shown some promise in 2022 down in Greensboro, he missed the entire season uh, with a dislocated knee, was a pretty serious injury, happened in his off-season workouts, and he... For him to be ruled out, you know, from the get-go, pretty much for the entire 2023 season, hearing some rumblings about a potential slow ha- uh, a slow rehab, you know, maybe some setbacks that have happened, thinking that it's going to be, you know, a slow process of getting him reacclimated. Uh, to professional baseball, but then even looking into his 2022 numbers in Greensboro, he slashed 286, 329, 476, a, a 116 WRC plus, 19 home runs, did have a 25.5% K rate to go along with a 5% base on ball rate, a little bit high there uh, with the K rate, low with the base on ball rate. But I believe we discussed this previously, or I should say I discussed this, this isn't the royal we here, discussed this previously is his home and away splits in Greensboro. We talk about the ballpark that the Grasshoppers play in and how it is very, very hitter friendly. At home in 2022, Lopez had a 9.15 OPS and 15 home runs. While away from that hitter-friendly ballpark, he had an OPS of 6.92 and only four home runs. The injury, coupled with the K rate, coupled with the home road splits, Yes, I wish Dariel the best. He's a guy that I definitely had you know, on my radar going into the 2023 season. Unfortunate injury. Best of luck to him out in the San Francisco organization. who the Pirates brought into their system during that minor league portion. And I believe the Pirates may win some sort of award here for one of the one of the coolest names uh, to be selected during either the, the major or minor league portion. In the first round, 26 years old, Phineas Delbonto Smith, right-handed pitcher from the Colorado Rockies system. He spent all last year in double-A. 
I pitched uh, 45 innings, a 5.40 ERA, a 1.556 WHIP, 11 Ks per nine, really good. 4.2 base on balls per nine, really bad. 2.4 home runs per nine, definitely bad as well. Uh, this is you know somebody that is going to be a depth filler. I mean, you lose players to uh, minor league free agency. You have to recoup those losses and have players to actually fill out your rosters throughout the minor leagues. A lot of the times, that's what the minor league rule five draft is about. We did see, you know, Joshua Palacios, I. Uh, make his way from Altoona to Indianapolis, the whole way up to being somewhat of a contributor, at least a spark plug, you know, on the major league baseball team after being selected in the minor league portion of the rule five draft. But a lot of times these guys are just going to be those depth fillers in the fourth round. We get center fielder PJ Hilson from San Francisco. He spent last year in low a slashed uh, 247, 283. That's not a good on base percentage. 420 with 12 home runs uh, in the third round, taking third baseman Marcos Cabrera from the New York Yankees system. He was in a plus last year. I uh, high a he slashed 212, 288. Also not a good on base percentage and 354 with six home runs. But the one who made at least kind of the biggest splash uh, on social media, and it's a name that you should remember if you're a prospect person, and it's a pretty cool name even if you aren't a prospect person, in the second round from the Arizona Diamondback system, Seth Beer. And like I said, beer, pretty cool name, makes for some good, you know, some good memes and different stuff. People may remember that in uh, and around the trade deadline back in 2019, he went from the Houston Astros to the Arizona Diamondbacks in the Zach Greinke trade after being a first-round draft pick for the Astros back in 2018 out of Clemson. He was the number 10 prospect in 2019 in the Astros system, the number 14 prospect uh, in the Arizona Diamondbacks system in both 2020 and 2021. Uh, does have some major league experience not great major league experience he has 120 at bats he batted 208 his ops was 586 you know two home runs was a a pretty highly touted prospect um at one point in time has you know fallen to the wayside is now 27 years old. Last year, he started out in double A, which isn't good for a prospect of that age. Moved up to triple A, uh, didn't perform as well in triple A as he did in double A. If you take the average of those numbers, he slashed 273, 
365, 451 with 15 home runs. I mean, if you want to maybe think that he is the depth replacement for a player like Mason Martin, that's about as far as my mind can go. I did see some ridiculousness out there on social media that this was the Pirates' first base acquisition for 2024. Believe me, that is not the case. If we see Seth Beer at first base at any point in time during the 2024 season, unless he has a renaissance and goes back to the player that he was in AAA back in 2021, I believe it was, then I something has gone very, 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 very wrong. But it's, like I said, a nice little death piece, a cool name, will make for some good you know, memes coming from the Indianapolis Indian social media department. Other than that, not much going on in either part of the Rule 5 draft. Uh, moving on to, you know, where we, it's still being discussed, could be at some point in time maybe shipping off or patch packaging some prospects um, in a trade to acquire some, you know, major league talent may learn at some point in time if there is a player to be named later in the Marco Gonzalez acquisition. But for the most part, until you know players report for spring training and the major and minor league systems are on the horizon, it's gonna get pretty quiet down here in the minors at minor league news and brews a pitcher of beer a pitcher of beer let's order another pitcher of beer that pitcher of beer should come over here i love that pitcher of beer holidays are always a good time for sampling a decent amount of new craft beers. And I was just thinking about this. There's there's two reasons for this. You're either traveling to somebody's house who may have access to, you know, some breweries that you may not. You may go out and pick up a sampler pack at, you know, your local beer distributor here in Pennsylvania because you're having people over and they may not have you know, the same beer taste as you. So this gives the opportunity to try a bunch of different beers. This week, I am going to be reviewing what I am going to call the beers of Thanksgiving. I spent Thanksgiving in Chicago uh, with, with my wife's family as me, the wife, the three kiddos, you know, pull up to uh, my brother-in-law's house uh, on the in the suburbs of northern Chicago. 
walk out on the back porch and he's got his cooler full of different types of beers. There was probably like five or six different types of beers there. Brother-in-law is always good for, you know, getting a bunch of different types of beers. Uh, ones that he likes, ones that I like, one that my, my other brother-in-law likes. So reach down in there. The first one I pulled out was from Revolution Brewing in Chicago. It's the Hazy Pitch New England IPA. Revolution has a lot of great beers. Uh, a lot of some of my favorite beers that I sampled when I go to Chicago. This one coming in at 5% ABV. Give it a 450 down to 400. The next one that I got is called Boat Shoes. And I don't own any boat shoes, but I definitely drank some boat shoes. A Kolsch from Bagel Brewing coming in at 5%. Give that one a 425. Bring it down to 375. And then the piece de resistance of the cooler from New Galeris. And if anybody is not familiar with New Galeris, New Galeris is a brewery in Wisconsin can only be bought in Wisconsin. Luckily, my brother-in-law and his wonderful wife make at least two to three trips up to Wisconsin every year. Brought back one of my favorite, and I don't know if I would call it an IPA, a, a PA. They call it a no-coast pale ale, the Moon Man. Coming in at 5%, man, New Galeris, the one that a lot of people will probably talk about is Spotted Cow. Great beer itself. Moon Man is my favorite. 5%, give that one a 500 and bring it down to 450, a pretty high score for any beer. And the other part is that you know, when you're out visiting family and friends, you may meet them at a local brewery, which is what my wife and I did. Met some of our friends out at a brewery, had one of my brother-in-laws tag along to have a good time. We went to Open Outcry Brewing. I sampled three beers from them. They had Eclipso. It is a New England IPA. 6.7 ABV. Give that one a 450. Bring it down to 400. Mosaically yours. A mosaic IPA coming at 6.5%. Give that one a 425. Bring it down to 375. And then there was the speculator, a cream ale. I'm a sucker for cream ales. I love cream ales. Even if it's Jenny cream ale. I, it, believe me, this one's better than Jenny cream ale. But if you give me a Jenny cream ale in that green can, I, I'm going to drink the whole thing and I'm going to be happy. This one coming in at 4.5. Bring it down. I And I gave it a 450, so not bring it down from 4.5. Bring it down from 450 down to 400. Like I said before, coming up on the next episode of Bucks in the Basement, Chris and I will be talking and giving a, our reactions to the Marco Gonzalez acquisition from the Atlanta Braves. And hopefully next week there will be some news for the minor league news and brews section if not guys i'll come up with something